0: Uh, that was my given assignment tonight, to talk about Thanksgiving, and so we're going to do our best to talk about things uh, that we're thankful. Maybe a little different than normal, but uh, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy something about it today. Amen. I'm going to have, are uh, you guys going to read from your seats or get a microphone or whatever? because uh, so. All right. What's that? Okay, just read real loud. Okay, I want everybody to hear it here. Okay. All right. Psalms ninety. Once you start, uh, Pastor ninety. Psalms twenty-six, verse seven, and then you've got the next one. Okay. Psalm twenty-six, seven. I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all. That I may publish with with the, voice of thanksgiving, with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. And tell of all thy wondrous works. Don't we know the enemy would like to stop us from telling the goodness of Jesus? Hallelujah! Thank God for the goodness of Jesus and what He has done for me, brother Darren. <laughs> How, how many know that's how we're to come into the presence of enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him, and bless his name? Now, how many know that this month is National Gratitude Month? How many knew it? Because I have to honestly tell you, I didn't know it till yesterday, okay? There's a sign, if you're going there on Route, route uh, 13 toward Carbondale from Heron, just right on the right side of the road somewhere. It might be about around the Craneville exit, I don't know. But in there, there yesterday, there was a sign that said National Gratitude Month. And of course, as we're not having service next Wednesday night, this is basically our thinking tonight for Thanksgiving service. And uh, how many knows it's always a good thing to be thankful? Who here has, has had days and moments of not being thankful? <laughs> you know, I think we all fall into that category of being being thankful, and then also, at other times, being not thankful. And with this being a National Gratitude Month, I I think all of us from time to time are urged, and we see it, even though the world is kind of confusing and all that's going on. But there is a push in, in... the world on billboards, on podcasts, on TV advertisements, and, and various communications, radio, and those kind of things that are pushing that we should be more gracious and more thankful. And, and that is something that's very much out there in the world today. And I think it's a good thing, and I think it's a wonderful thing that we as the church could come to a place of being grateful, thankful. Just want to tell you, Lord, thank you for all of the good things that you have done, and maybe even in the midst of things that, uh, Brother Ashley, aren't so good. We are to thank the Lord. If you' remember with me, Paul was in uh, the Roman jail, uh, writing writing the book of Philippians. And he's in a Roman jail, and that wasn't a very good thing. He knew, he knew he was headed to what would be the end of the road for him. But he stood in the midst of that great trial and, and thanked the Lord. Over 15 times in Philippians, did he talk about joy and did he talk about rejoicing? Even while obviously his future was very bleak, but Paul and and that Roman jail was not a wonderful place. It skips me now. What was the name of the jail? Anybody remember? It was called? but it it was not a very good place for him to be. And he talked about joy, and he talked about rejoicing, even in the middle of all of that. When we begin to reflect on God's blessing, it helps us reflect on how God has worked in our own life. When we can be thankful for what God has done, it helps our everyday life. You know, and all of us have known people that are just nasty in their attitudes, nasty in their thinking. Even people who sometimes life has blessed them and they have more than they can ever deal with. They got possessions, finance, on and on we could go. But they are not thankful. They're not giving thanks. Somehow that has not caught on to their thinking. The old, the old writer of the songbook, anybody remember the song Sister, uh, Sister Rogers mentioned old times? One of the old songs we used to sing in the songbook, was count your blessings. Now, if I could have got here soon enough, I was going to have some people just start hollering out a number, you know. Seven, six, five, four, whatever. But I think it would do all of us good occasionally to just stop and count our blessings. The songwriter said, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when, you, when you're discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. And I think it would help all of us, from time to time, Sister Rogers, just to count our blessings. You know, it's been said that today you took about thirty, or through a twenty-four hour period, let's put it that way, thirty-two thousand breaths. Throughout a full day, we are known to breathe. 32,000 times. And so I guess, if nothing else, we ought to be thankful 32,000 times that we have breath in our lungs. That's maybe a little personal for me, and I'm, 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 I'm the most guilty person tonight of probably not being as thankful as I should be. I will confess that, I will acknowledge that, not that I'm ever in a bad mood or in a bad way, and my wife will testify to that at the end of service, Um, but, um, you know, I mean, 32,000 breaths today, and that we should be thankful for that. Now, I didn't think much about my breaths today. I mean, I did, did my notes and worked on that, and I thought about it then, but to tell you that since I've been even in the church here tonight, I haven't thought about, you know, I'm breathing. You know, which beats a whole lot not breathing. But I tell you, and, and this is personal, I, you know, just to, but as you all know, I had the cardio version here just recently. And over a period of two weeks, they stopped my heart five times. You know, just trying to get me lined up over a period of one day they did three. And the next, there was about four days later they did one, trying to get the water out of my system and just had a lot of water in my system. And so it wasn't working well. And so then, you know, I had to stay over a weekend. And they did it on Monday again. And so over a period of five days it happened three times. And I laid there, uh, I remember laying because I think I was down in the basement of the hospital. You come into this room, it's a whole lot different, it's not quite as fancy as the rest of the hospital. And you're laying there and, you know, waiting for them to get started. You're not out yet, you know, they put you out. But you know that's coming. And you're thinking how important one breath is um, that you uh, hopefully, when all of this is over, you're still going to keep being part of the 32,000, you know what I mean. And um, so there are a lot of things in our life that doesn't seem so urgent. I mean, it's like our heart thank God that our heart beats. You know, and and you don't think much about it because it just usually beats. But when you get to that one moment when, well, we'll see if it's going to beat again or not, you know. So I am thankful. I am thankful for what the Lord has done in the good things and in the bad things. I I really can't complain. The Lord's going to take me home whenever he wants to take me home. I, I truly cannot complain for the blessings of the Lord. It is said, what is the chief purpose of man? What is the chief purpose for us on this planet? The answer to it, is the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Let me read it again. What is the chief end of the purpose of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Now, I think one of the saddest things is when, when a true child of God is tortured and cannot enjoy their walk with God. I can remember, Sister Teresa, I believe that's you back there. It's good to see you. Is that who you, who's back there? No, that's sister. I'm sorry, that's sister. Um, oh, Louisa's sister. I went to school with her. Huh? Yeah, I, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I kept thinking Teresa. You look like Teresa back there. Um, excuse me. And uh, and I remember the times when we, as the youth group. You know, they weren't perfect. Have you ever seen a youth group that was perfect? Well, I can guarantee you my youth group was not perfect. And I can guarantee you the youth group that my wife and I I tried to help in their walk with God, uh, while we may have thought we did a real good job with them, they had a party about, I don't know, 10, 15 years 25 years ago, Uh, what, later, yeah, at somebody's house, and they invited all the youth group, as many as could come and would, and and invited us. And as I sat there and listened to all the stories that they talked about, what they did and how they got away with this and how they got away with that, and they were doing this while we weren't looking, and on and on. He could go, you know, on... uh, Well, I'll just stop there. But I I went away laughing in some ways, but in some ways I was a little bit discouraged. I thought, "Boy, I hope I hope we did have an impact on somebody." You know how that goes. So my point is, I'm not I'm not saying there's a point where we should not live thinking about the judgment of God of sin. But I remember back in those early days, there was a little bit of thinking, everybody, and while it's a good thing, as long as it didn't go too far, that I might sin five seconds before the rapture, and I wouldn't go. And people lived in fear. I mean, they may have walked with God for 50 years and been faithful and, and served him and, and, and loved him, but then um, five seconds before the Lord comes, they say something they shouldn't say, and I'm discouraging you from doing that, but you know what I mean. You do something and, and, and think that hell's gonna be their home, Because in that last moment, they did something. And so, living for God is something we should enjoy. The scripture said he's given us all things to enjoy. And so we should should do that. There's a song, and I'm sure you've heard it. A lot of different people have done it. I know the Oak Ridge Boys did it, have a video on it. Thank God for kids. I mean, you've heard that song. Thank God for kids. And I, I would say at this point in my life, I'm thankful for grandkids too. Thank God for grandkids. Um, hallelujah. But without kids, you realize in our world that we wouldn't um, we wouldn't know Big Bird. If we didn't have kids, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't know Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. Do you realize how quiet our houses would be if it wasn't for kids? Especially if you have drummers. But now I want to say this about that. People, keep, people give that a bad rap about drumming. Oh, God, you mean you, let, you bought them a drum set? The one thing about it is you don't ever have to worry about where they're at. You know exactly where they're at, and that's pretty comforting, really. And if it wasn't for kids, um, you know, the 24th, the 24th of December would be kind of different. It wasn't for kids. So we should give thanks for the kids. And uh, we talk about, we want our church full of kids. We need to build a building big enough to hold all the kids. But we want to thank God for kids. And love them and enjoy them. Giving thanks... To the essence, is expressing gratitude or show appreciation. And I I would pray all of us would be quick, and once again, I'm preaching to myself, that all of us would be quick to show appreciation and gratitude to one another. Because I believe we are blessed because we have each other in our life. I'm a better person because you are here with me tonight in this house of worship. All of us are better, and I thank God for that. It was, it was 1978 that was a young Bible school student. He was a seminary graduate. His name was Henry Smith. Henry could not find work after graduating from Bible school. He had a desire to be involved in the work of God, had a desire to do something, had a desire, you know, to serve the Lord and spend all of those years in the seminary. And then when it came time to get out and he graduated, he could find no place for his ministry or for his work, even in the you know, out in the world looking for, you know, work there. And also in that dealing with that, he knew he had a degenerative eye condition. That very likely he knew, and it was going to happen, that at some point he would be blind with that degenerative eye problem. And he had made a commitment even before that. He said, when he realized things were getting difficult, he said, I'm just going to, I'm going to thank the Lord. Second Corinthians 8 and 9, he had heard it preached by his pastor um, in Virginia. Would you read that? For ye you know, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Jesus became poor. That he through his poverty might be rich. That ye through his poverty might be rich. And so he just said to the Lord, he said, I'm going I'm to play music and sing songs. And uh, I'm going to worship you, I'm going to give thanks going to love him if I can't do anything else. And so he did write. He wrote, wrote a bunch of songs. But there was one song that you've probably heard, and, and and I'm sure there's others. I was asking my wife coming here today, I said, have we ever sung that song? And I, I'm sure it's been sang in every denominal church. It was a song that was sang when the uh, charismatic movement was Becoming stronger and stronger. It's a song that was sang in, in the charismatic movement churches and in our churches and all kinds of churches. Be thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. Sing it. Give thanks. See, he has done, and he wrote that song, and and he would sing it. Him and his wife would sing it in their church, you know, just like our church. They, that's really what he did. He they would sing that song and other songs, and uh, what happened? Um, Somebody took the song, I think, to Germany, and I might have the place wrong, but took took it to Germany, and it wound its way all the way to Germany, and it came back to Integrity Music, and a singer and a songwriter by the name of Don Moen. Don Moen is a famous worship leader as I said, in many of those churches. And he began to sing it. He recorded it. And uh, it 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 went what you would call major. I mean, it literally came to the place with integrity music that it was designated as gold. Now, how many is that? How many times? Dustin, are you here? He probably could tell me. But... Um, but it, it went to the distinction of gold. Oh, J.B., if he was here, I could tell you. But, uh, and so, I mean, it just it went crazy. How much? 500,000 500, times sold. Now, we're talking about 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And um, I mean, it just took off. The thing was, Henry Smith didn't even know any of this was going on. Fact is, they had been looking for the author of that song. They had been looking for the writer of Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart, and they could not find him. And so ultimately, I don't know legally how all that happened, but they went ahead, Integrity did, and produced the music, and it just sold, and it sold, and it sold, till all of a sudden when news came back from, we'll say, Germany, and he was informed about it, then he communicated with them, and they said, sir, we've been looking for you. Now, what I want you to understand, if we are willing to give thanks, we don't know where our blessings are going to come from and how they're going to come. He could have got critical. He could have griped and said, Lord, I can't believe I spent all these years in the Bible college wanting to worship you. And and now this is happening in my life. And I choose to believe that God had his hand and direction on where that song went. Because when it came time for that young man to benefit financially, it had sold and sold and sold and sold. Give thanks with a grateful heart for what God has done. You know, giving thanks literally is a posture of worship. And when I talk about a posture of worship, things like clapping our hands. Now, we don't need to lose that in Pentecost. You hear me? And we're not, but we can just do a little bit better. We don't need to lose the clapping of hands. I can tell you one thing. When I first came into Pentecost back in 1967 in the, in the fellowship hall, there were two things that, that just impacted me as a young kid who didn't know anything. When it came time to pray, because I would come from a denominal church, not being critical there, but I would just come from a denominal church, and they prayed in a certain way. It's much more quiet, much more reserved. I bowed my head, and then all of a sudden, because you had to know the floor that was in the fellowship hall at that time, it was like a Formica kind of thing. Boy, it echoed like, wow, hallelujah. And, uh, and they said, let's pray. And I bowed my head in reverence, and wow, <laughs> I mean, people started praying, and they were praying. We need to pray out loud. Open your mouth and pray out loud. And I will say this when we are coming to those seasons of prayer in our church service, pray. You know, I'm not perfect, but sometimes I'm amazed. We're praying for somebody who's got a terminal illness or a young person who's struggling and this and that. And when we're coming time to pray, we're so irreverent, we can't even bow our heads. Not that you have to bow your head to pray, but just in reverence, we don't even pray. You see them talking and talking. Looking through cell phone is a good time to get your cell phone where the preacher doesn't see you looking at it. Well, let me get on. I don't need to do that. Uh, I'm not the pastor anymore, so. And I know you're saying thank God. Um, giving thanks is a posture of worship, it's kind of like, you know, there's things like kneeling. When you kneel, that says something to God in and of itself. Right. Right. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. These things that we, that we do to worship, when we do them, they are forms of worship in the fact that we do them. Just in the fact that we do these things. When someone runs the aisle or someone crawls on the floor, when someone does all of these things, That are part of our worship, and we don't want to be ashamed and quit doing those things either. Can I get an amen in the house? The actual doing of those things is worship. And I think that's why Satan fights it, Brother Wright, in our church in particular. I'm not just necessarily talking about our church. Because he knows the blessing. Satan will not, you know, will not stop trying to discourage us. Because if we will do it and be encouraged, there's no telling what God would do for us. We all know, boy, this is my sermon, but I'll just say this and I will move on. We all know that there have been those times... Where somebody gets out of line, and I only mean that in the fact they're not on the schedule. I don't mean they're out of line. But God moves on them in a certain way, and they respond, whatever way that is. And they're used of the Spirit, and then God breaks out in the church service, and everybody has revival. I want us t- for you to be encouraged and me to be encouraged. In our songbook, and I know we've talked about the songbook here a little bit, and, and uh, I told these guys the other day, Sunday I think it was, um, of course I lost all my books in the office. Um, and I don't say that for any reason just to tell you that uh, some of those books that you know I'd used all my life, they ended up in the trash can and all of them did. Uh, I had no place to put them, and because of the nature of the uh, mold, uh, my wife wasn't interested in me bringing them to our house, and so, uh, you know, which is, I understand, you know, if I brought all that stuff there, we'd have the same problem. So, I'm just saying, and I haven't been preparing messages. And I started to get ready, and I thought, well, how am I going to do this? I don't, I don't have. And uh, of course, they, they all said I need to get a computer. <laughs> and I said, in Jesus' name, no, I didn't. I said, I rebuke you guys. I know you're not spiritual. I know they're not spiritual. So. But the first song in the songbook, Sing unto the Lord, the very first song is a song, who knows what it was? My thanks to him. Let me read you a little bit of it, if I can. I love to tell how Jesus saved my soul When I was lost and facing dark despair, but mortal tongue could never tell the whole, nor thank him for such wondrous love and care. Help me sing the chorus. Somebody help me. He is more, is that right? Than all the world to me The dearest friend That I have ever known And it would take The whole eternity To thank him for the love that he has shown. Let's sing it again. Oh, he is more than all the world to me. The dearest friend thank Him for the love that He has shown. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. My thanks to Him. what's, What's your thanks to Him tonight? As we come into this Thanksgiving season, what's your thanks to Him? Now, the, the song was written by Arthur Clanton. Now, we're mostly more than conquerors here in this room, for sure. And you may remember that name, and you may not know that name. Would you just raise your hand? How many have heard of Reverend Arthur Clanton? Would you raise your hand? One, two. Sister Becky. Do you, have you, brother, right? I think you have. I wouldn't. You just forgot it. You just forgot it. Hallelujah. He wrote the book "United We Stand," and I know you've read that. So uh, that doesn't mean you know him. I know that. But uh, okay, so three, I guess. Well, Brother Arthur Clanton, you know, was uh, around the nineteen thirties is where he was born, and he uh, was born in his family, born into a denominational church, and and uh, his father moved and worked with the railroad, and they ended up coming to, he ended up, after he was in high school, ended up attending a Pentecostal church, received the Holy Ghost, and and evidently really received a mighty experience that he was willing to give to the Lord. Brother Clanton and, and his youth group they said, of course, they lived in the hills. They, uh, they, they, they went and traveled and would go into the communities, small communities where they lived. And they would go and help with service, and they would sing, and they would worship the Lord with the congregations, you know. And uh, obviously, back in that day, obviously, it was a lot, you know, a lot more than we do now. And they would go and sing and br- help bring revival, and he was faithful to that. And the, he also, uh, uh, you know, at some point became married and uh, had children, and I won't go into all that, but had some children. And he, he really was affected, and just a super great guy evidently, and a knowledgeable guy you know, the, the, the Sunday school manuals that we used to use, the senior adult books, Arthur Clanton wrote those things by himself. If you'll remember back years ago, the 60s, Word of Flame publication was what it was called, and when the Pentecostal church started printing our own Sunday school literature from the publishing house, Arthur Clanton was deeply involved in saying that the gospel was put out where people could read and study and, 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 and do that. But he also wrote over 50 songs. He pastored some of the largest churches today in Pentecost. He, he actually pastored in Alexandria. He pastored in Shreveport. He pastored in another church in Texas. My point is he touched a lot of different places. He was the general superintendent of the Pentecostal Church Incorporated, which the Pentecostal Church is Incorporated was a Pentecostal organization that joined together with the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ to form, and I may have missed that for sure, uh, the United Pentecostal Church in 1945. And in 1945, Brother Clanton and these brethren came together in St. Louis, Missouri for a general conference, and they voted to merge those two organizations where we have now what we call the United Pentecostal Church. It's, it's an organization, a man-made organization, where men came together and felt that it was led by the Spirit of the Lord. I think Arthur Morgan was a part of it, if you remember her, him, and... Uh, But Brother Clanton was in part of leadership. But he took the time to say, I want to thank you, Lord, for the things that you have done. My thanks to him. I want to have us read some scripture here tonight. Uh, Psalms 91, verse 1. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Jordan. Just read them here. Psalms 33, verse 2. Praise the Lord with heart. Sing it to him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Amen. That's why we clap our hands, because every one of us has an instrument of ten strings. And we should praise him with all of our heart. Psalm 67.3. Let the people praise thee, God. Let all the people praise thee. Let the people praise thee. Let all. We don't need 80% worshipers. We need 100% worshipers. Let's Brother Baker. the Let all the people praise thee. 67.3. Unless that's what we just read. Fifteen. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Let us offer unto Him the sacrifice of praise. Now, what do you mean, sacrifice of praise, Brother Griffith? As I said, we should always come to worship. But you know, you don't always feel like worshiping. We've all honestly been in places, the last thing we probably felt like we wanted to do was worship God. And so it meant a whole, you know, sometimes it doesn't cost us anything to raise our hands and praise the Lord. But there have been times... It, it it costs something. Let us offer unto him the sacrifice of praise, giving continually the fruit of our lips. First Peter two nine. But you are chosen generation. Chosen generation. But you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness. Anybody glad you've come out of darkness tonight? Into. He didn't just bring you out of the dark, he walked you into the light. Psalms 51 15. (laughs) I'm convinced some people don't ever praise the Lord as they should because they don't open their lips. You know, if people are going to receive the Holy Ghost, you have to... Amen. You have to open your mouth and talk. Open thou my lips and my mouth shall show... I will show the glory forth of thy praise. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything give thanks. thanks. the The will of God. You say, I don't know his will and I want to find his will. I want to tell you tonight his will. In everything give thanks. In good days and in bad days. When when, when it's wonderful and when it's not so wonderful. Give thanks. Be thankful unto the Lord and appreciate all that he's done. Hallelujah. Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer. One day while resting by the side of the road I saw an old farmer in a field he had just hoed. His face was all brown and wrinkled by the wind and he was talking to the Lord just like he'd be talking to a friend. He said, well, sir, them corn tassels need a sacking. But I got no string to tie. Ain't had no rain in so long. Even the fields are mighty dusty. And it's been so unbearable hot. Even the kids are fussy. And Lord, you take it to the grass and that pasture, Lord, it ought to have been knee-high. If we could just get a shower or two, it might keep the cow from going dry. Oh, but listen to me a-talking. You'd think I wasn't grateful. And if you didn't know me so well, Lord, you'd think I was downright hateful. You'd think I wasn't grateful for the new calf you sent and the money that came in the mail to make up the rent. Why, Ma's coal's better, and Johnny's home from the Navy. And that Sunday dinner with chicken, dumplings, and gravy. And that new preacher you sent us, Lord, he's a fine young man. He's been preaching revival just to beat the band. Well, I guess I'll be a mowsing along, Lord, and I'll take up no more of your time. I'm sure there's a heap of folks hereabouts waiting to ring your line. Evening to you, Lord, and watch over us tonight. And don't go worrying about us none, because everything's going to be all right. Hmm. Sweet hour of prayer. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Could we sing that? And I'm done. I, Father... Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Heavenly Father, We raise our hands and praise the lord right now hallelujah come on somebody count your blessings somebody count some blessings and name them one by one somebody you thanks this is my thanks to you lord thank you for my family thank you for my kids thank you for my grandkids oh thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord, thank you, lord. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you, Lord, for providing, Lord, when we didn't know how it would happen. Oh, God, but you made a way when there didn't seem to be a way. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You made a way when there didn't seem to be a way. And, Lord, I thank you, I thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, heavenly Father, i appreciate you i love you i adore you i bow down before you heavenly father i appreciate One last time, this altar's open if you'd like to come. I appreciate you. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. I love you. I adore you. I bow down before you, Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. Oh hallelujah, Heavenly Father, I appreciate you, Heavenly Father. I appreciate you, I love you, I adore you, I bow down before you. Heavenly Father, I